All right, and welcome to the All Digital AM Podcast. This episode originally aired as a video on the All Digital AM YouTube channel. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Adam Penna, continuing the conversation in 3D printing and additive manufacturing. And today I have Yannick Williman, and uh, he is the business development manager over there at 9T. So, Yannick, welcome. Wonderful to have you here today. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for, for the invitation. Great to be here, and I'm looking forward for a great discussion introducing, of course, 9T Labs and yeah, going through the additive manufacturing journey. Yeah, it's, I know we've talked a bit about this in the past. I'm excited about our conversation today. You know, composites in general, really a hot topic and obviously 3D printing and additive manufacturing. And there's a lot of you know new applications out there that weren't able to be made before that now is a big draw for composites and 3D printing. So I'm curious about that and love to learn more about it from you. So I'm very happy to be talking to you today. So 90 is located in Zurich, Switzerland. So we yes. have our offices downtown. We just moved to a new office to have more space and also for the workshop, of course, which takes more and more space with the machines. Um, I personally am located in Germany. That's so what I say. You, you travel. Yeah. You travel into right. the office and you're in what part of Germany? Yeah. I'm north of Munich. Nice. And uh, yeah. So I keep traveling, uh, Less than before, of course, because of the famous Corona crisis. But oh, still, I'm allowed I haven't to heard travel. of that. What's that? Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm allowed to travel because uh, basically we have our offices on the other side of the border, and yeah, so I keep enjoying doing some miles in the car while uh, also um, enjoying being at home and taking care of the business and of the family. That's important. You know, obviously, uh, we've gone through a lot of changes. I know you're in your first year at, at 90. This has been since January 2020 you started. Is that correct? Uh, correct. So we can wow. celebrate a birthday today and uh, yeah. what a change after 13 years in corporate. Yeah. Uh, on the same time, uh, I mean, it, uh, it feels really good and it's very dynamic. And uh, I mean, uh, you see it and we all uh, read the news in the last, in the last days about all these mergers, I mean, desktop metal uh, buying uh, Envision Tech yes, and yeah. quite some big consolidation moves going on. So, uh, I mean, that was uh, easy to see, but uh, now it's happening. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's great. I mean, it's really showing that we are moving forward and it's going from only prototyping to real industrial applications. And that's what we are aiming for at 9T Labs also. So let's be part of the journey and, it's a great waking up every day and seeing that the world is moving fast. Yeah, that's that's why I was also excited to talk to you because I know this being, you know, a crazy year for all of us, especially to start working at a company. I know you've had a lot of success as far as being out there and really working with customers during this time and getting things going. How has that been for you? You know, because that's a that's a new challenge. You had to do things kind of very nimbly and quick and on the spot and and be able to change and be agile enough to get out there and do different things. So. Talk about that a little bit, because I think uh, sharing that information is important for people that are out there to see that, you know, what you've overcome, what, what was new to you and what your year actually looked like out in the field. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, pretty crazy because uh, last year, that time in January, where the first planning meetings for the year, so we were planning all these events worldwide, going to some yeah. fairs, conferences, booking hotels and all that stuff. Yeah. And all of a sudden, two months later, everything was uh, just a different world. So we had, of course, to cancel everything. Uh, the events didn't know how what happened really. So uh, you had to look for your money. You had to look still, of course, to run your operations. You have to develop the stuff, what you wanted to present. Everybody was 
jumping on this digital wave of uh, events and some better, yeah. some less better things happening. We're all learning. Yeah. 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 But uh, on the other side, just comparing with being in a corporate a few months before and mm. the, the adaption time was just crazy fast in the startup. I mean, within a week, we were having webinars. So we were having 200 people on a webinar and I guess bigger corporate, it took them four to five months to get the communication departments aligned and setting up properly on corporate uh, communication level. So uh, yeah, some uh, advantages being really agile and being uh, a few people is always much faster in alignment. And um, yeah, that's so, a strength of a startup for sure. Yeah. yeah great challenge but also a big learning phase that's uh, all about the journey in a startup i guess you have a plan but you're also very good at um, at being agile as you said just adapting to the external conditions of course because we also see it i mean basically on tech it's developing very fast and you have to keep your eyes open and be ready to adapt because there is no point to continue on a path if it's already obsolete yeah, no, no, it makes perfect sense. I know it's uh, it's been a tough time for all of us, but to get through that, especially at a startup, a startup has the ability to be a lot more nimble than than maybe a long standing company, especially uh, in this time. But I know that there's been a lot of great things happening over at Nine T, and there continues to be some things going on. Composites themselves have been very interesting, and when you look back at uh, a lot of people think of composites immediately think of carbon fiber, but I know there's a lot of other things going on, especially with the PEK P E K K out there materials. And uh, that's very interesting. There's a lot going on that can that can happen with those applications. Uh, what, besides the materials, because we can get into that. Um, obviously, the materials are, are what it's all about. Um, there's a really you have a real strong software running this right, and the, then the machines behind that, and then the training that goes into it. So, talk a bit about the software. You know, I know that is is it, is it Fiberfy? That's the name of the software. How does that right. actually help the process? Yeah, actually, um, I mean. What is very different, I would say, uh, we are always speaking about USPs in the startup world because it's uh, all about uh, also yep. attracting investors and explaining the differences to competitors. So I would say the, the key difference is that we are all coming from uh, the composite world. So we are 26 as per today, of course, stating quickly. And um, we come from the composite world. So we just arrived into the 3D printing world mm, by selecting... Yeah some technology which would suit to the solution what we want to offer. So um, it all started with the software, obviously, because in um, in all these composites, when we speak about continuous fiber composites, the challenge is always how to place the fiber, how to design the parts to make the best out of these continuous fibers. Because it's about these anisotropic properties, so you can tailor your properties in different directions. You will have different behaviors of the parts, and uh, this, of course, you can tailor, but you need very strong tools and understanding of what is the effect of placing the fiber in a certain way. And this is still also, uh, it's mainly done, of course, digitally on softwares, but it's still taking a lot of time. So people always think about, oh, automation is about doing something on machines, on hardware. Mm-hmm. But a huge challenge is really automating the software landscape, because here it can take weeks. I mean, not uh, longer than today, actually, we had a a call with a really big industrial company and they had a trial with our Fibrify software. 
And the, the engineers, the simulation engineers, they said, oh, it took us 10 minutes to, to 20 minutes max to really realize a model. So to realize a part in a digital way by placing fibers along certain schemes, what we implement in the software. And usually the same work takes them one to two days. So that's the scale we are speaking about when we say we want to automate also the design of those uh, very complex composite parts. And I guess that, that's the beginning of the journey. That's how we said, well, that's great. We can really improve here in terms of speed because, of course, we can use modern uh, technologies, algorithms, etc. But then once you have it on the screen and we are all engineers, we want something tangible, we want to touch stuff. And we said, how to make it real, you know, because you... You, we could have stayed in a, as a software company and you will find some business, of course, but how to make it real and really offer a full stack solution and move forward. So I guess that was the trigger of uh, founding the company also and going into the hardware world, developing own hardware, looking at materials and, I mean, all, you know, all these blocks which go hand in hand and I guess the more integrated the better it is for the customer, the easier it is, and the more added value you bring. Yeah, I know uh, I was interested on the software side because I saw that you already included process monitoring inside of the software and on some of the advanced uh, processes. Um, talk about that a little bit. I know some different uh, you know, processes that use that, that actual monitoring, but what does it look like in, in the uh, composites world? Yeah, I mean, the composite world, of course, because of this... Uh, very different behaviors in different directions of the parts. Of course, there's an influence during the process because it's all about, we are using thermoplastics. So it's about also controlling the, the fusion temperatures, but most importantly, the crystallization temperatures. So you have to get them in control because that has an influence, of course, on the end properties. So that's where it makes sense, of course, to have your product simulation, which is what I was telling about before. But yeah. if you can merge that together centrally on a, in a big data place together with your process simulation, then of course you can sim, you can forecast basically how your part will behave during the process, which will also, of course, have an influence on the material selection and on optimizing, of course, the process flow, because sometimes you might just I mean, for us, it's not only about printing. We also do some post-processing afterwards. So we really see as a process chain up to reaching a final product, which uh, which is really hitting the specifications which are required. And um, here, sometimes you might just print a lesser quality, but afterwards you will get back on the quality specifications with a post with a consolidation or whatever post process so it's really about optimizing on a technical side but also on an economical scale because it's about serial production it's not yep. about the prototyping and uh, the economics are really important here and that's uh, i guess a big difference when you are thinking prototypes or when you're looking at doing very efficiently thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand or a million parts. That boils down to obviously the the machine itself, right? I mean you have to you build the certain parts inside of the machine. But I saw there was two units, right? It's the build module and the fusion module that go into the actual machine process. How does that work together? Yeah, so basically as you said, I mean it's about building a part. So that's why we called it a build module. Yeah. Basically it's a 3D printer 
Um, to keep it simple, there is two print nozzles, of course, because we want one nozzle with a continuous fiber and the other one with a pure polymer, so we can switch and really put the fibers where we need and avoid fibers where we don't need them. This has some, uh, of course, influence on the process speeds, but also on the economics, because the fiber is still, uh, I mean, plays a key role in uh, in the pricing and the costs. And once you have built this preform, basically you are building a, a preform in a very efficient manner because you're only using the material what you need at the end. So that's, I guess, the difference between additive and subtractive uh, processes. And afterwards, this preform has a certain maturity, I would say, but it's not there in terms of tolerances, in terms of um, porosity, because the porosity is maybe a bit too high for this performance uh, parts or the structural parts. So we always speak, I mean, aerospace or medtech, it's often we speak about below two or one percent of porosity because that has also an influence on long-term performance of the parts so that they cannot take too much moisture or any other liquids or gases. And that's why after the printer, we are consolidating them. So again, no rocket science, compression yeah. molding or going into a press is nothing new, but it's, it's really about setting up the, the right puzzle to get the right picture at the end. And of course, customers come with a kind of a picture and they want you to hit some requirements. And uh, we see just additive manufacturing um, has two meanings. I guess we had this, uh, this introductory talk a few weeks ago and I was saying, yeah, additive has many different definitions and we all think about additive because we are adding layers. Mm. And of course, that's uh, the origin of the word. But we also see additive by adding processes. So it's not about only constructing the sure. part, it's constructing the process. And you can add compression molding or some kind of pressure and temperature processes. You could add whatever other process before and after the 3D printer, actually. So that makes, I guess, uh, that makes a lot of uh, potential for the future in industrialization of, uh, of all these 3D printing technologies. Yeah, I know that you, you mentioned something in there in regards to working with the customer. Uh, you know, we all have that in common. And this being such a, you know, um, I guess a groundbreaking technology as far as how it's working out there in the industry, a lot of help has to go into how you're working with your customers and educating them out there. So I know you also offer those services. That's a, a large part of uh, the whole package, you know, because a lot of this has to be a partnership of working together to make a part happen yeah. and then locking down that process so you can move forward in production. And uh, so, so what exactly do you have as far as that support is concerned? I would say the whole journey often starts, it's of course, on the marketing and the sales cycle. And here I say, because it's so innovative, but that's true for additive manufacturing. Um, when you move really into advanced additive manufacturing, but it's true for any innovation, actually. It's, of course, you have to understand the challenges in the market, but then you have to accept that you're kind of a professor, you're a teacher, you need to teach the people to understand yeah. the tech and then to really to leverage it to, to get added value. Because if you just dump it like that, say, they will just not be able to use it and then they will criticize the results. Of course, 
So um, it's it's part of the journey. And then we said, okay, of course we could do this um, kind of um, short-term one-time transactions, which is a typical sale. You, you go there, you motivate them to to buy your machine or your solution, and um, you you book in some uh, some cash. But we said, okay, let, let's do it on long term because education is always about long term, and I guess that's yes, where also. Um, we can say, oh, we have competitors, but we could say, okay, those are just other teachers. They they have all their differences. Yeah. And they are teaching differently. For some, um, yeah, for some students, they are maybe better, and uh, that's all good. I mean, the market is huge, and we are rather building a market than fighting for a small market. Uh, but then we said, okay, let's make it a forever transaction. You know, I mean, there's uh, some people who coined this term, this forever transaction, meaning. It's not about this short-term uh, sale. It's really about creating a relationship. But of course, at the end, there's a transaction. I mean, we are, we are of course, uh, also supported by investors. And at the end, it's also about uh, economic performance. But um, we see all these models. I mean, software has gone this uh, 20 years ago. They have gone through this experience uh, you, I mean, I remember I was going to this shop and buying the latest Windows uh, CD-ROM and I installed the next Windows version. And now it's just, uh, I mean, the phones are just downloading the, yeah. the updates of the app yep. without us knowing almost. And for hardware, it still seems to be strange or, or for full-stack solutions. On the other side, when the speed of innovation is that fast, and we see that for 3D printing with, uh, with very different elements in the machine itself, in the interaction with the software, there is no reason if the software is updated several times a year that the hardware should remain like it is because then you create obsolescence and you reduce competitivity over time for the customers. So the goal was let's keep your hardware on the same levels and the software. So just okay. think hardware in a modular way and maybe change some blocks of the hardware every few months and how to make it into a business model. Then you have to innovate on business model because making always a new contract that you will change some blocks is pretty heavy. So just let's make it a subscription, let's say a forever transaction. Sure. And you keep this, uh, this cycle. So it's also about... I mean, subscription is nice because you move from CAPEX to OPEX, so it's changing a bit on the balance sheet, but it's also, of course, on the technical side, um, helping avoiding obsolescence. And I guess in fast-paced environments, it's a key to remain competitive. Yeah, it is. No, that's a very good point. I mean, right now there's a lot going on with uh, the way um, customers are being approached. And obviously having that competitive advantage is, is a big deal. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of uh, trying to get with a customer and work them through that whole process. We talked a bit about the materials side of it, and I touched on a couple of materials that you're working with. What materials do you see right now as being the biggest focus for 9T Labs? Yeah, of course, I mean, we uh, we made a decision and I guess most of the 3D printing companies in this additive manufacturing field of uh, continuous carbon fiber, they are also going thermoplastic. I mean, there is an evident trend in the industry to move to thermoplastics for some applications. I mean, still um, the thermosets have the biggest part of the market and they're very interesting in many applications and uh, they certainly... Uh, it's not like 
thermoplastic are going to be replacing all thermosets, but they are, um, I would say, a newer generation of material on the time scale, and they have quite some advantages. One of them probably being the sustainability topic with the recyclability is always sure, yeah. a, a huge topic when you're looking into putting materials into uh, at industrial scale in sealed production because it's, I guess, mandatory and sustainability was, is, and will become an even bigger topic. Yes, it will. So um, it makes sense if you are looking at those future-oriented technologies to just work with material, which are also aligned with this uh, topic. So, yes, thermoplastics, and then, of course, in thermoplastic, you have different classes, so, and you have this high-performance class. And obviously, when you're trying to put an innovation into some markets, people always tend to test it on a premium level, on very sophisticated, advanced applications. And then it's just easier if you can already process the high-performance polymers. So, I mean, we speak about this peak family, the PEC, the PEI, etc., which, um, of course, require higher temperatures. So they melt at higher temperatures because then they can also resist higher temperatures in use. And that makes also the technology a bit more exclusive because you need to reach temperatures That's right. above 400 yeah. degrees Celsius. And uh, you need to control all your, pre- your temperatures in the printing room, uh, etc., but um, yeah, I guess that's what is really attracting. I mean, we still see from the customers last year, we did quite a lot of feasibility studies. I would say for most customers are challenging those uh, innovations, those processes right. with uh, rather the high temp or high loaded parts. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's where it's coming from. I know, you know, that you talked about peak and pec inside there. P-E-K-K is the material that you work with. What are some of the applications you're seeing? Uh, some of the case studies you could talk about? Yeah, sure. I mean, we have some uh, very interesting uh, customers and case studies. So we are looking, of course, main targets. Uh, it's evident it's going to be aerospace. Because that's always, um, it has always been a great place to develop uh, composite applications. And that's a typical field when you are going uh, to some companies involved in aerospace where you would meet engineers. They have over 20 years of experience in yep. uh, composites. So that's typically the field where we don't need to be the professors or the teachers. We can really speak uh, on par or even learn from them. And then it's really about finding where they still have challenges. And of course, I mean, huge challenge uh, is the reduction of um, of flights last yeah. year okay, due to the crisis. But in general, long-term, they, they have a huge issue with sustainability. And in aerospace, more than uh, ever, it's about the buyer-to-flight ratio. And it's really about the lightweighting, the structure just brings so many advantages because you need to pull off this weight from the earth, isn't it? So that costs a tremendous amount of energy and therefore light weighting there has a much bigger impact and you can also price it differently than in automotive still or in other fields where it's all about light weighting. Yeah. But then beyond aerospace, because of course being challenged uh, from an economical point of view and a market point of view last yeah. year, we have also looked at different markets and as a startup, we have to basically test different markets. Mm-hmm. We are really interested into med tech and this is a field where 
composite Perfect, is yeah. definitely not that advanced than yeah. in um, aerospace. Huge potential, but of course, huge entry barriers because it's all about getting on human beings. And that brings a lot of certification topics. Okay, on one side, it's very defined. So it, you know what you are up for. Yeah. On the other side, of course, you need to go through the steps, but you can start. I mean, you, you can have interest in doing implants, but you might just do some surgical instruments which are in contact with the body but they will not remain in the body. So there is kind of different steps and different classes. So you can also approach it slowly. And um, you have a lot of advantages of composites because it's not about light, only lightweight. Of course, it helps because lightweight means a surgeon will carry something which is not that heavy. He will be more precise over time. But it's also about controlling the dilatation, for example, because they, they have to sterilize these tools, for example. Yeah. And then it's about avoiding that the part is actually changing in, uh, in length or in width over time because it's about precision. And if they use this tool to place some screws, you better want to keep the same angle and the same position after a few sterilization cycles. It's also about X-ray transparency. Metals are not X-ray transparent or most of them are not. Yeah. And composites are really good at that. So, I mean, you already see a lot of uh, X-ray tables which are done with composites, but now we can go into smaller items because 3D printing is probably not still not that big into big structures because the speed is a topic. But for small, intricate parts, which is perfect when you look at the human body, yeah. there's a huge potential. So uh, here, I guess we have a lot of fun very different uh, pictures compared to nice plain pictures. You see a lot of uh, yeah, open bodies and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of stuff. But um, once you are, you are used to that very interesting field and also very innovative companies, there, so they are looking really up to 8, 10, 15 years up front. Yes, the innovation is there. Long cycles. Yeah, yeah no, that's a, that's a great uh, we point. We really believe yeah, I think everything that's going on in, in MedTechs is really exciting right now, uh, you know, to see what's going to develop there. And, and now hearing more on the composite side, uh, there's going to be a lot that's going to be uncovered as far as applications go going forward. And I know that, uh, you know, the most of the medical community is reaching out. Like you say, they want the innovation, you know. And then the bottom line that we're getting back to is, you know, the actual patient is, is living longer. You know, there's, there's processes that help the, the human body that you can't do in any other way than 3D printing. So, um, that's just, you know, that's where the, the innovators are going. Yes, I want to work with this, but then you have to go through those qualifications to get it there. So you got to get into that process. And when you find that application, just run it through that course and see what you could do and, uh, get them out there as soon as possible because there's so many more to come. And I think the more qualifications we get out there, the easier it will be to do the next one. Hopefully we could learn as we go. So that's all great stuff. Yannick, I know um, you have a lot going on in 2020 now going into 2021. What's your forecast for the year? What's going on with 19 and what's going on with you? I would say, yeah, I mean, there is a clear, there's some clear focus points depending on the quarters Um, for sure. Now it's the beginning of the year. One main focus is about, um, getting our Series A. So, mm. I mean, we got a nice finance, uh, finance round last year already to really yeah, accelerate the development, I would say, of the Red Series. So that's our technology, our 
I would say, platform to uh, integrate the software, the hardware, and the service. But now that we are delivering that on the market, of course, it's going to be about scaling. And uh, of course, you need some cash to just scale up the team, to go yep. international. I mean, all these uh, typical scaling topics, so that's for sure on the agenda. That means also scaling, I would say, in a in a global environment where you cannot really travel has some challenges because your core team cannot just visit customers as we were used to. So it's about building uh, teams in different regions, sometimes uh, even without uh, getting them on site in Zurich. But uh, yeah, I mean, challenge accepted. We are all in the same situation. And the, yeah. I would say the investment environment is really positive. I mean, uh, as I was saying uh, in the introduction, we see all this uh, beginning of consolidations. We see some uh, mergers, some acquisitions, and that's for sure exciting to see that. Yeah, I mean, 3D printing has always been a bit hyped. You know? and, yeah. uh, we are, it's kind of sometimes we, we don't really like to take this uh, 3D printing word because there is some, uh, some hype as a connotation. On the other side, it's really going, as I was saying, from the prototyping to serial production. So we, I guess, uh, desktop metal coins, this term uh, additive manufacturing 2.0, but that really describes, I mean, it's, a, it's the next step. It's about uh, getting uh, more than just the printer. It's the environment. It's bringing that into an industrial field and uh, yeah, doing serial parts in a competitive manner. So it's not a, a game anymore. No, it's not. That's a that's a good point. I mean, the the uh, the serial parts, that's really what it's coming down to now. And uh, yeah, the two point side of it is stepping up to that challenge of production for everybody, and uh, it, it's it's happening, you know. And it's it's just wonderful to see what's going to happen next. Um, no, it's it's been great talking to you. I know uh, we've been going for a while. I, I while I have you here, I wanted to know if you have anything coming up that you'd like to talk about. I mean, for sure, because we go international, we are preparing bit more international affairs, international events. So, uh, yeah, we are happy, of course, to join the the U.S. field a bit this year. So we'll be at Sampi for sure, um, looking at some other events at the end of the year. And, yeah, during the, the whole year, really pushing on those uh, different markets, looking at what happens and uh, yeah, just keep aligned with the community. Yeah, yeah, that's a big to, part of it. Yeah, try to keep explaining. Of course, I guess that's still the the main mission behind education. The, it's educating the market, showing that there's re, real case beyond the hype, and yep. that's a tough journey because you really have to find the correct uh, potential customers, the correct applications. But uh, once you have uh, found some applications, it's just uh, worth it. It's uh, exciting. It's like uh, yeah, going for gold mining a bit. <laughs> No, it is. And that's what it gets uh, compared out here to the wild, wild west, because, uh, you know, in the U.S., it's like all this stuff's going on and everybody's trying to find their way of, you know, what, get past the hype, get into the reality, beyond the smoke and mirrors, what's actually happening here, where are the, the products that fit. And uh, it, good good news is most companies are out there doing it, looking at their inventories, looking at their product catalogs, and seeing what can be done inside of a 3D printing uh, facility or working to get together with having that in-house. So uh, I'll go out there, talk to your contract manufacturers, and, and see how to get it done. But 
eventually that process needs to mature into something that is production and, and that's where it's heading. So it's a, it's exciting time for all of us. Uh, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add before, while we have you here, it's been great having you here, Yannick. I mean, I would say, uh, thanks a lot, Adam, for so your involvement in the community. I guess uh, all these formats, uh, all these blogs, et cetera, are really helping to bring the message out there because yeah. people are eager to listen to, to watch videos during those times when they are confined. And of course we miss the contact and in speaking and uh, being recorded is just a part of human contact. But I guess, yeah, we all miss that. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's great to have people like you in the place to just bring the message out there. And uh, of yeah. course we are all looking for some live shows somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Right. Everyone wants a little bit of something going on and hopefully we'll get some more entertainment. I know living in Austin, there's, that's been a big thing. People have said, Oh, I love that today. I miss it. And I said, I miss it too, because it's different here now. And I can't wait to get back and enjoy a lot of uh, what we have to do out there, but no, it's an honor to do stuff like this. And it's an honor to talk to people like you in the industry. Obviously there's a lot of great stories. So it's exciting to me to uncover those stories and to talk to more people about what's going on so I could learn, but also, you know, I like to help uh, educate what's going on out there. So people, people could also learn along the way with us, you know, it's a, uh, it's lonely out there, you know, <laughs> but uh well, good, Yannick. Thanks for being here today. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you, Ed. I would say if uh, you have questions, just reach out. If you are coming to Zurich, just come to visit us. Feel free. I mean, our offices are open. We're always happy to show people about the latest innovation. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, yeah. challenge the world and make it a different place, a better place. Let's do that. I'll put a link to uh, 9T Labs in the description, and it's 9TLABS.com. So uh, you'll be able to check that out. And again, Yannick, thanks. We'll talk to you soon, bud. Thank you, Adam. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the All Digital Additive Manufacturing Podcast. If you would like to help support and build our community, take action and press follow, subscribe, comment below, or please leave a review. And don't forget to share. Thanks for continuing the conversation. This is Adam Penna signing off. See you soon.